and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, if you haven't subscribed to the Mike Broomhead Show podcast, we recommend you do it right now. Very simple to do. Never miss a minute of the show anytime. This week, the Mike Broomhead Show podcast brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home and guaranteed offers by going to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. This hour of the show, we're going to start off talking about the battle at the border. A couple of big headlines that we need to discuss. Number one, Governor Ducey still fighting the federal government over the shipping containers. This is from a, uh, a Cronkite news story. Um, using old shipping containers isn't a permanent or effective solution to secure the southern border, as state and Yuma officials know. Now they say it's a political stunt, according to this. It's, it's interesting that somebody calls it a political stunt. The political stunts. Um, with all due respect to whoever wrote this story, I'm going to read this again. This is a news story. Using old shipping containers isn't a permanent or effective solution to secure the southern border, as state and Yuma officials know. So they know it isn't, according to this. Now the political stunt is embroiled in a legal battle with the federal government. Now, I don't know if this was supposed to be written as an opinion piece, but it certainly is. That is all opinion. That's not a news story. That's something I would write because I would write the opposite of that. Um, So let's just start there. They are still fighting the federal government. But why? Here's where the headlines are. More than half a million fentanyl pills seized over two days at the Arizona's southern border. Number, here's another one. We do worry. Senior Guatemalan official raises concerns over terrorists potentially heading to the U.S. border. And the uh, the former police chief in Tucson, who was hired to head up Border Patrol or CBP, Chris Magnus, uh, has resigned after being in the job for less than a year. And here's another one. Texas DPS apprehends 19 illegal immigrants from a human smuggling attempts in a stash house. So let's let's just start there. I mean, this is a good place to start in talking about the border once again. Um when you look at, at what's happening at our southern border um, and the drugs that are crossing over at points of entry because we have so many people processing, uh, people that are seeking asylum, we understand. I, we've chronicled this. We've talked about it for so long, the disaster that is our southern border. And then somebody complains when somebody actually tries to do something about it. This is the thing about news that, that bothers me. If you want to voice your opinion, I am all for it. I really am. I like when people voice their opinions, even when they disagree with mine. I'm always open for a debate. I can respect your opinion if I disagree with it. But when you write something as a news story that starts out like that, there's an issue for me because you called it a stunt. It isn't a political stunt. It is maybe an act of last resort. How about why don't you look at the numbers of people that have crossed into Yuma and what it's done to Yuma when they were so overwhelmed? Why don't you listen to the people that are on the border? Why all of a sudden are they a part of a stunt? Are they because they're from the opposing political party than you? Why are you not calling out the stunts of the Biden administration? Let's start there. The vice president of the United States has made one trip to the southern border. One And where did she go? To the very secure place of El Paso, to where the point of entry is. Not to anywhere else in Texas, not down to McAllen, and not down to um, any of the places here in Arizona that they could go to that are unsecure and wide open. One stop, 
one photo op, one speech, and nothing more. And it's not just me saying it. It's the people that work in border protection. It's the ranchers that live on the border. It's local law enforcement that's overwhelmed with crime. It is first responders and food banks that are overwhelmed with people that they have to serve. Why would this be called a stunt? What it is, if anything else, why wouldn't it be called if you don't like it and let's say it's not effective, which they say it is, but let's say you don't believe it's effective. Why wouldn't you call it a cry for help? Why wouldn't you call it as a last resort by a state to do something because the federal government has dropped the ball? Why wouldn't you call it that? It is shocking to me that anybody that lives in a border state says this about any attempt to redirect people that are crossing into this country, to stop them from flooding into Yuma. They have seen a drop in the number of people into Yuma because of this. Now, the governor shouldn't have to do this. This should be the job of the federal government, and the federal government's not doing anything. As a matter of fact, the last action taken, there have been two actions taken recently that pertain to the border. One of them is to try to go to federal court and stop the uh, – I'm sorry, the Ducey administration from doing what they're doing. So they want to stop the states. They say they are trespassing on federal land. And the second thing is to fire Chris Magnus, who, by the way, is a supporter of sanctuary cities. If that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about the Biden administration's concerns and beliefs about the border, you need to know nothing more than they hired someone to run CBP. Customs and Border Protection. Customs and Border Protection. That is a proponent of sanctuary cities. Now, if you are a proponent of sanctuary cities, again, I don't agree with you, but you are free to do that. If you're a mayor of a city and you get elected by the citizens of your city because you are someone that believes in sanctuary cities, that's fine, too. Your city deserves the government that it elects. That's for sure. But when you are the one that is supposed to protect the border, the word protection is actually in the job title. And you're a proponent of sanctuary cities. It seems like you're counterintuitive to what that job is. You are supposed to maintain control of the border. And he's been so bad at the job, the Biden administration said to him, you're either going to resign or we're going to fire you. Those are the two most recent actions being taken on the border by the Biden administration. And then that's the first line of a, of a story um, from Cronkite News. Using old shipping containers isn't a permanent or effective solution to secure the southern border, as state and Yuma officials know. First line. Next sentence. Now the political stunt is embroiled in a legal battle with the federal government. And that's that's not an opinion piece, by the way. That's not an opinion piece. That's that's journalism. So uh, frustrated about the border. I think we all are. And it's, it begins and ends with the federal government. There's no doubt about that. And they are doing nothing and we are getting nothing. So we're trying to do something about it. And instead of calling it a cry for help, and even if you believe it has no effect, it has no help. Instead of calling it a cry for help because the federal government's doing nothing, you call it a political stunt. That's the state of uh, of what some of the things that happen. I just think that it's unfortunate. Uh, coming up in a moment, we are going to talk about the races. Mark Kelly and Adrian Fontes projected to be winners in their races. We'll talk about the outstanding races and how close they actually are. Next. 
Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for spending part of your Monday morning with us. Uh, the races that are still too close to call, um, the governor's race, Katie Hobbs is winning by 26,000 votes, but there are still a lot of votes left to, ca- to count. Maricopa County, Pinal County, and Pima County still coming in. Um, and so we're just going to take a little while to get those votes counted and answered. But today's going to tell a big part of that story. Um, if Carrie Lake can get an overwhelming, you know, and when I say overwhelming, it's like 55, 58% of those votes, she has a chance of closing this gap. She closed it by 10,000 over the weekend. It was as much as 36,000. It's now at 26,011. Uh, the uh, Adrian Fontes projected to be the winner in the Secretary of State's race. He'll be on with uh, Gatos and Chad at 3 o'clock this afternoon. And in the... Um, in the, I believe the treasurer's race has been called for Kimberly Yee as well. Um, the attorney general's race, still way too close to call. Just over 11,000 votes separates that race. And this superintendent's race has gone back and forth and back and forth. The incumbent, Kathy Hoffman, leads the challenger, Tom Horn, who at one time has been our attorney general in Arizona. He has also been the superintendent of public instruction. Kathy Hoffman leads in that race by 592 votes. Now, that is a clo- as, as close as that's razor thin when you're looking at over two million votes being cast, two and a quarter million votes being cast. That's a lot of votes. And 592 is the is the gap right now. So looking at where these races are heading and we've got, uh, you know, in, in some of the other races. Um, the House race, uh, let's look at uh, Andy Biggs has been projected to win. Um, Eli Crane also projected to win. Republican incumbent David Schweiker gained a lead over Jevin Hodge, who had been, he had been trailing for a while. Um, the Democrats held five of the state's congressional seats heading into the election, but now there has been some changes. Eli Crane has flipped the, the seat that was held by Tom O'Halloran. There was no challenger. For a couple of the Republicans that were out there, Debbie Lesko and uh, and Gosar. So um, we are going to see a little bit of a difference here in Arizona as things move forward. Uh, by the way, Greg Stanton won re-election as well in the House races. So I asked a question earlier today, and I'm already getting heat from people about it, but it's, it's a question that needs to be asked. I believe that it needs to be asked, and that is – what happened? What happened in these races here in Arizona? This should have been a walkover for Republicans across the board. Now, there are people that are already talking about cheating in the races, but I just I thought it was a mistake to talk about 2020 well into 2022. And we're paying for it in the elections there. We are. Um, it is just Looking backwards doesn't help. You've got to go win elections, and they're not doing it. And again, it looks like the same thing here. Are they going to claim that it was stolen again? And that's the issue for me. Unless you've got proof and you've had all this time to bring out absolute proof, not conjecture, not what about this. You can't do that. In any case, you can't do that. What about this? I know I know that you've been cheating on me. I'm not cheating on you. Well, what about this? Where were you? What about this? You didn't answer your phone. Doesn't mean you didn't cheat, but there's no proof of that either. And if we're going to go down this road, and I say we because I'm pretty honest about that I am a a conservative Republican, 
if we are not going to be, oh, and somebody would want me to drop the conservative off of that because it doesn't matter what issues I've been fighting for for 20 years, I'm not in the camp of election denying, so therefore I'm thrown out of the conservative part of the party. What I want to be is the realistic part of the Republican Party. But I also want in Arizona for us to be able to believe in our elections. As the day goes on, we'll talk again about solutions and what can be to make things better because it can always be improved. It doesn't have to be one extreme or the other. It doesn't have to be they're stealing elections all over the place and all of our elections are fraudulent. And it doesn't have to be everything is just fine. Leave it alone. That's not true either. There are always things that can be done to improve. But isn't it interesting that on the other side of the aisle, things are heating up as well. Um, Alicia Menendez was talking with, uh, I believe, Ruben Gallego, the congressman, because uh, Senator Sinema had sent out a tweet saying all things have been counted, votes have been counted, that's how democracy works, this is the way we do things. And uh, here is uh, a quote, I believe, from, from Representative Gallego. The reason Democrats won is because we fought together as a party. I was out there campaigning for every Democrat in Arizona. I was personally donating money, raising money for them, for our senator, for everyone up and down the ticket. We fought as a team in Arizona, and we won. Senator Sinema was nowhere to be found at all. You did not see her at one public event for anybody. And when we have some of these races that are really in the mix right now, she could have been a very good surrogate to help out a lot of our, our candidates. And she did nothing because she only cares about herself. That is going after things. Now, it is, you know, it is rumored, and who knows if it's true or not, but it's rumored that Representative Gallego made primary Senator Cinema, she's been censured by her party. But my point in, in, in bringing this up is twofold. Number one, they do what's necessary to win races. If you look at what's going on, hurt feelings aside or, or egos aside, take a look at what, what has been done. Joe Biden didn't come to Arizona because it was deemed that Joe Biden could be a detriment and not an asset. So he stayed away. And former President Obama came out here. And so we have to, I say we, because I'm a Republican, we have to start taking a look at what works and what doesn't. President Trump got and deserved every bit of credit for the nominees that won the primaries because it was his endorsements that pushed every one of them over the top to overwhelming victories. But if they don't win, do, does he get any of the blame? And that's something that Republicans have to start wrestling with. If they're, if, if, and I will predict this. If Republicans are going to continue to go down the road that we were cheated, and that's the reason why we lost, and that's the only thing they look at is they're going to go try to investigate elections and see if somebody cheated and not try to fix the other issues, they'll lose again. They will lose again. Coming up in a moment, Ron Wolfley joins me. It's our segment we do each week after a Cardinals game called Bird's Eye View. Stick around. Broomhead talks Cardinals with color analyst and former Cards fullback Ron Wolfley. Oh, my digging the chili of what the Cardinals are mixing up. Bird's Eye View, brought to you by AZ Valley Windows, Arizona's most trusted window replacement company since 2004. All right, they call them the Cardiac Cardinals. They maybe should be called the Chameleon Cardinals because they seem to be changing every single week. Uh, how you doing, Wolf? I'm doing okay, bro. How are you? Let's talk about the game, man. What did you think? Well, overall, what did you think of the performance of the team? 
Well, first of all, uh, let's start at the very top right here. Winning that game and getting to four and six basically saved their season. Um, dropping to three and seven at that point meant you probably were going to have to win seven games in a row even to have a shot at getting into the postseason. Um, Week 10, the game they just played, of course, that was a playoff game for them, and they found a way to win the game. Found a way on the road against the Rams to win the game at SoFi Stadium, and to me, Brew, that saved their season. When you look at the quarterback play, uh, now people, you know how things go crazy from just one incident. They talk quarterback controversy. Is there any chance at a quarterback controversy in Arizona? There is not a quarterback controversy. Um, Colt McCoy, of course, is the backup for the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray is their starter and will be their starter going forward when he is healthy. There's no doubt about it. Colt McCoy came in and showed his value, showed you why he's so valuable to this team, not only as a mentor to Kyler Murray, but also as a guy that can come in and win you games if you have to. He's 3-1 and one now as a starter backing up Kyler Murray right now. Colt McCoy was extremely efficient watching him go about his business. I don't know if you saw the game, Brew. I imagine you Yes. Did, but they started out. They started out where they threw the ball eleven times coming out of the tunnel, man. They threw the ball 11 consecutive times on that first possession, and I was absolutely blown away. And the reason why I was blown away is because they had four starters out on their offensive line, four backups on their offensive line, and Cliff Kingsbury and Colt McCoy come out, and they throw the ball 11 consecutive times against Aaron Donald in the Los Angeles Rams. That, to me, blew me away. I never saw that coming. They moved the ball down the field, tied the game up with a field goal, but... um, Colt McCoy was absolutely fantastic, and what I love, it just goes to show you what a veteran quarterback can do, a veteran guy that's been around for a long, long time, because he he lifted the tide of offense, defense, and special teams for the Arizona Cardinals. Is there anything that the offensive approach learned from the way they approach the game with Colt McCoy versus how they approach a game with Kyler Murray that they would transition into that game plan for Murray? Yeah, I think so. I think getting the ball out quickly, that was something that Colt McCoy really did in that first drive, that first possession, and I would say the entire first half, really. The Cardinals, they took some shots down the field. Colt McCoy did that, intentional shots to let the Rams know, oh, yeah, you don't think we're going to throw the ball down the field? We will throw the ball down the field. Yet at the same time, they got the ball out quickly. They had to get it out quickly. If, in fact, you're going to have four backup starting on your offensive line and look, there's Aaron Donald and he's rushing, especially the interior rushes of Aaron Donald. Man, you got to get the ball out quickly. That's what Colt McCoy did and I think that is something that Kyler Murray is going to be able to study. He's going to see it. I'm sure he saw it last night. He's going to see it all day today as well, watching tape. I'm sure with Cliff, with Colt McCoy, watching the tape of that game and how quickly the ball came out. This is what Kyler Murray has got to get back to doing, getting the ball out quickly. And so much of that 
depends on your pre-snap read. So that's something that I think can carry over in the film room today and onto the practice field this week going into Mexico City and the 49ers. Is it expected that Murray is going to start against the 49ers? You know, right now, it's still a question mark as to whether or not he's going to go. I know this much right now. I'm not going to run him out there if, in fact, he's got any hamstring issues whatsoever. You don't want this thing to linger. You don't want it to hang around. You want it to get over with right now. Get him healthy when he's ready to go and there's no problems with the hamstring. Then you go ahead and you bring him back. But there's not any quarterback controversy as to who's going to play when Kyler's healthy. And I don't think anybody that's never had a, a hamstring injury understands just how nagging that thing can be unless you let it fully heal. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Imagine imagine if every, every time you tried to run and you pushed off, you just felt like somebody was jabbing a Bowie knife into your the back of your hamstring. That that is something that really really hurts. So you got to be careful with those things because they will hang around unless you're uh, diligent in your approach as to how to treat it and then how to get the proper amount of rest. But right now, the good news is. Hey, when Kyler's ready to go, he's going to be ready to go. And then Colt McCoy will sit down and let him take over. Has there been an update on Zach Ertz? Zach Ertz, I have not gotten an update on right now. But i got to tell you, based on just my experience and being around football players and watching Zach Ertz go off on the cart and the look on his face, um. That did not look good right there, so I'm worried about Zach Ertz, but there's been no official word on that yet, bro. Yeah, last thing is about the defense, Wolf. Again, that defense played really, really well. They were pressuring the quarterback all day long. They seemed like they were really setting the tone again. This defense deserves a lot of credit for keeping these the, the offense in games. Yeah, no, they do. There's no doubt about it. They did it again yesterday. Um, the defense was all over John Wolford for the most part and uh, Bryce Perkins as well. The Rams came out. They used a two-quarterback system, um, but the defense was fantastic. And can I just take a moment and say Buda Baker. Buda Baker was a guy that was ruled out earlier in the week. Zero percent chance he was going to play. That's what Cliff Kingsbury said. And then suddenly there he is on Wednesday. He's out jogging around on the field practicing with the Arizona Cardinals and he went out there and he played yesterday. Buda Baker came up with a game-winning kick. It was a great play by Isaiah Simmons. Wolford threw the ball down the middle of the field at a critical point of the game. The ball was batted into the air by Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons once again making a play that changed the outcome of the game and that's all I wanted to see him do and that's what he did. The ball went into the air and there is Buda Baker Johnny on the spot. He positioned himself via the experience, of course, of playing safety. He's one of the best safeties in the National Football League and came up with the game-sealing pick. The defense overall was fantastic, but, man, Buda Baker and J.J. Watt, those two guys, the way they impact their teammates, it cannot be measured with human hands. Yeah, and that was a shame not to see uh, um, Watt be able to finish off that scoop and score. At least they got the ball, but that should have been a scoop and score. 
Yeah, it should have been. Tough situation right there, and J.J. was a little put out on that one. He was a little upset. He spiked the ball a little bit later, as a matter of fact, when he thought he had another one, and uh, he got hit with a delay of game penalty. Um, so it was a tough situation, but man, J.J. Watt now, five and a half sacks on the season, and Man, the way he impacts the guys around him as well, this defense just continues to ball. Their numbers aren't very good if you look at them yet. The eye test and watching this defense compete, uh, Vance Joseph has done a great job. Now the path is clear once again. We were talking about that three-week NFC West window that was open for the Cardinals. Seattle, the Rams game, and then in Mexico City against the 49ers. You had to feel like two games. They had to get two games. They had to win two of those three right there to keep their season alive. And that is alive going into Mexico City against the 49ers right now. With the win yesterday, it allows them to have the opportunity of beating the 49ers and totally turning their season around. Let's hope for the best in that. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. And I look forward to seeing you in the building, too. Okay, brother. Thanks, Wolf. That is uh, that is Ron Wolfley from the Wolf and Luke Show over on Arizona Sports. Coming up in a moment, we are going to talk about inflation and the Fed's warning that it's going to take some time. All that's coming up in just a few moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, Pink is headed to Chase Field for a summer carnival tour featuring Brandy Carlisle, Carlisle, and uh, the group Love on October 9th. Tickets go on sale Monday, but you can win a pair of tickets by visiting the contest page at KTAR.com. A couple of minutes left in this hour. We've got to talk a little bit about the economy. Fed officials warn that inflation fight has a ways to go. And this is where um, I have complained uh, when it talks talking about American politics. How do you fix these things? This is part of the issue where the vast majority of Americans trust the Republicans more than the Democrats on the economy. And yet we're seeing the elections going the way they are right now. But I will say this about uh, uh, about America is I, I, I am still someone that has full faith in who we are. Um, I don't think we are on the edge of the abyss. I don't I know there's a lot of people when you win or lose, they um they go to the extremes and emotions. I think America will always survive. America is always going to be the world leader. I just we're Americans. If we keep our work ethic, I don't think anybody can compete with us uh, long term. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be making policy changes that help. And and I still am uh, have got an issue with the climate policies of this administration. I don't think they're going to be helpful to the economy or to the climate. Personally, that's what I believe. But even if you believe they are necessary for the climate, the timing couldn't possibly be worse. And that's the one thing, I think if the Republicans are smart, if it's going to be a political conversation in the next session of Congress, that's the direction that the Congress needs to go. When you start going down the road of of liberal this and liberal that, and but it's a conversation about the agenda. It's a conversation about why are fuel prices so high. It is coming into the winter time where people are going to be spending a huge amount of money heating their homes. There have been story after story after story written where families are going to choose between full 
bellies and cold homes or warm homes and empty bellies. And that should be what is talked about. That is should be what is picked apart. That is what should be looked at moving forward. Because until we see these fuel prices come down, until we see food prices come down, we are going to be in a world of hurt, and we should be focused on that. The American people vote largely with their wallets, and they are going to look at the people that they believe are there that are going to help them or at least stay out of their way so they can help themselves. And when you see this from the Fed on inflation, they've been warned about this. They've been warned about this multiple times, and they really haven't done anything about it. You know, we were told transitory inflation. We were told all the wrong information from the beginning. And this should be what is focused on for the average voter. You got to, again, you got to differentiate between your base, who you are always going to have, I should say, most always going to have, and, and of the people that you can attract to your side, the independent minded voters and the independent registered voters out there, so that we can get the country back on a reasonable path with the economy. If they focus on that, there is a very good chance chance for them in 2024. If not, we're going to see a lot more of the same. I just believe that to be true. What we're going to do just after 10 is uh, we're going to go back to the border issue. Governor Ducey is still battling the federal government over those shipping containers. Is this a good or a bad idea because of the disaster that is there, the crimes that are being committed, the drugs that are being found? What can be done? What should be done about the border is what we're going to talk about.